Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Uh, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we're back. We're back. And we are all sheltering in place, but mostly because we need to be indoors in order to podcast. Yeah. Oh man, what if, (laughs) wouldn't that be wild if we just did an episode where we all took our phones outside and (laughs) recorded with the ambient noise of the wind and... (laughs) Uh, I wonder. I wonder if you could even do that. I, I theoretically that should work, but I don't I know. Mean, I've never. I've never done voice chat on my phone. So yeah, I mean, it's. I assume it's a phone. It's built for chatting with yeah. your voice. So yeah, but I mean, no, I mean, I mean though... the Discord functionality. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I know. <laughs> uh, well, let's not do that. That yeah. sounds like a bad. Is a phone idea. built for talking? Anymore? I mean, anymore? You know, that's a good question. It's, it's, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. It still is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the mic quality and stuff, that's in phone. I guess it's that's true. It's, it's, I know. Less, it's less built. I know for a lot of that is some other stuff. Is has less to do with. Uh, mic quality in a phone and more to do with phone providers and how they just use like shitty outdated software that hasn't been changed for decades interesting Um, or at least that's that's my like having good quality requires a lot of like data yeah Mm. that's also that that is also definitely true yeah Yeah. this is this is my very limited knowledge of how phones work yeah and i mean for like 99 percent of phone usage just having a good enough quality to be able to understand the words that another person is speaking is good enough so yeah and i'm trying to think i mean like the only people i really actually talk to on my phone are like my parents and that's it and everyone else i just text or yeah that's probably accurate yeah but I barely use my. Yeah. It's. Uh, oh, I forgot. I'm... There's an Animal Crossing villager named Celeste. Sorry, I'm just looking at. <laughs> that's a that's a preview. That's a preview for the next game we're playing. It's not Animal Crossing. Oh yeah, well, yeah. We should talk about the the big uh the big elephant in the room, which is on everybody's mind, which is of course the that Animal Crossing is out now. Yeah. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Good, I haven't. I haven't switch. gotten it. I'm not really an Animal Crossing. Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I have never played it before, so. I like Animal Crossing, but I don't like it as much as sixty dollars. Is it something yeah. like that? That's yeah, that's fair. It's. I feel Kyla. I feel like Animal Crossing would really be your jam. Um, maybe. Well, maybe that's probably I true. I mean, like I. So sort of like casual check-in style games, I have two modes, which is like play it for one day and play it for a billion years. Um, so, it, you know, it could easily fall into either of those. Who knows? Yeah, I played, I mean, I played New Leaf for a long time. And Animal Crossing is really good about giving you reasons to continue to check in. Mm-hmm. Um just in terms of like different you can encounter different bugs and fish during you know at different times of day 
uh, with seasonal change, they have like little events for every holiday. Um, you're, you know, the buildings and stores and whatever that you have sort of progress as time goes on. It, it's really good at, at, at keeping you hooked is, uh, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah I don't months. know. I, I lived through the like Facebook games era. Yeah. Um, oh, see, I was lucky enough to uh, avoid all of those. Yeah, so I kind of burned out on that style of game. That's fair. Yeah, and I'm sure Animal I Crossing is like much that better style than of games. You do or do not? I do, in some ways. <laughs> I think like, like the Facebook games were incredibly like predatory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think you could make like a nice version. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, just, there were I some just... of them that were okay, that were, like, not crazy, like, crazy mean about their integration, but, like, all of them were very focused on getting you to stay on the site as long as possible in ways that felt, like, unhealthy. They were dri- they were dri- driving towards getting you to spend money, basically. Yeah. Uh, I just have, like, very vivid memories of being in high school and my my aunt was playing mafia wars and i just remember like <laughs> getting all the messages from my aunt trying to get me to interact with her in mafia wars and i remember one was just like your aunt has sent you an eight ball and i was like i don't know if she knows what that means uh, <laughs> um she thinks it's the uh, delightful toy it's fortune telling toy <laughs> and that's what the icon was it was like a pool a pool ball and i <laughs> I don't know. I just that's that's my um that's pretty much the extent of my experience with those games is other people playing them yep. and getting inundated with messages for God, them. But that's the one that your, I always talk remember. Talk about your like lost era of gaming. There were like a few years there where like Facebook game integration was like a must have for if you were developing oh, yeah. games where it was like this is the new monetization that is the future of gaming and everyone must do this. And it was just like, I mean, I don't think there has been since a thing that has like dedicated social media integration in the same way that Facebook games did. It was real weird. Yeah, it sort of turned into like the mobile game market. I guess that's true. Yeah. And I know um, like there's the whole like you have a games for android like profile but mm-hmm. i don't know i've never done anything with that and yeah i don't think anybody i know has also ever done anything with yeah, that the the, um, the the games the mobile games just don't have the same like dedicated space where people are looking for messages from their friends and therefore yeah. will see messages about your game uh in the same yeah. way that like the facebook games did I'm glad that didn't stick around. I like that was going to be the future yeah. of game monetization and that was a bleak future. So I'm happy it didn't stay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just imagining your happy uh, loot boxes is here now. Uh, well. Yeah. I'm just imagining like what what the landscape of say Twitter would be like if if that had carried over from yeah. Facebook to Twitter. <laughs> it's just like every third tweet or more being you know, support my farm, please. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, 
there'd probably be, and I think there already was on Facebook, like dedicated blocking tools where you could say like, please don't ever show me messages from this app. Yes. And yeah. so uh, that, that would have to have carried over. Yeah. As far as I know, that's not an option on Twitter, like to block specific automated tweets or tweets of specific origins uh, other than users. I was going to say, you could block specific users, which is more or less the yeah. same thing on Twitter. Yeah. I guess you could filter words, too, which would be uh, words and hashtags, which would be probably the so best I think way I found that they have out, now of going about it. I think I found out that I still own a uh, like a Facebook account, or at least I'm included on a Facebook account for a particular game dev idea for a Facebook game that I made with some friends back in grad school. Uh, where we seriously considered the idea of making a game called Super Microtransactions, where you just literally buy points. Um, and the That's... leaderboards are who has bought the most points. That's really good. I like that a lot. Um, and then periodically it would like send you a message like, hey, you haven't bought any points in a while. This puppy is really sad. Click here to buy points. <laughs> uh, that's That's brilliant. And it probably wouldn't fly, but it's such a yeah, good concept. It was, like, at the time, it might have actually, like, we should have done it then. Because I think for, like, a year and a half, it, it would have been a novelty enough that we might have actually made a few bucks. That's um, true, yeah. But, like, the time for that has passed, I think. Yeah, It's reminds me of, like, Devolver's loot box coin. <laughs> Not sure if they still sell that. Hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. It's just like a coin that changes value or like changes its price every few, like, few seconds. Hmm. I remember and like it's just random <laughs> and it doesn't do anything. You just buy it. <laughs> so yeah. it's, yeah, that's definitely feeding on some kind of gambling mentality thing somewhere. <clears throat> the yeah, ability to feel also... like you've gotten a good deal. Yeah. But also, it's just Devolver. Everything Devolver does is really a big piss take. Besides, besides the actual publishing, everything <laughs> Devolver does is a, is a big piss take. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. They seem like an oddball group, which, but not necessarily in a bad way. Um, yeah, yeah. So, in case uh, you haven't gathered um, and you're listening to this at some point in the future, it's a uh, COVID nineteen time. Happy global pandemic pandemic guys. yeah uh i went out yeah. to buy toilet paper today did, did did was there any yeah oh you're lucky i i mean so the the way that that i buy toilet paper just in general is mm -hmm. i will buy enough toilet paper for like two months and not have to worry about it because toilet paper is one of those crappy things it's like it's big and bulky and you got to carry it up the stair it's a pain in the ass so I'm good on toilet paper for now, but every time I've gone to the store, basically since people started panic buying stuff, there's just nothing in that aisle. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's a, annoying a because there's... <laughs> the thing I hate is that there's no actual shortages, right? Like nothing, yeah, there's, no. there was no natural disaster that caused like actual resources to be uh, like, to, to be, you know, hard to get. It's the, literally the just a result... Intact. Yeah, it's literally just a result of people's behavior and people panic yeah. buying. So other people panic yeah. buy. Also, like, 
So I worked at a warehouse for a department store. Um, mm-hmm. And like the, the production is going on and the production can handle this. It's just yeah. the fact that like the warehouse might be a bit slow with stocking up and ordering yeah. new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the throughput of the system, basically the bandwidth. Yeah. Um, actually my, the grocery store that I go to has posted signs saying like, we're rationing items to try to keep panic buying down, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ours have something similar. Uh, although yeah. there still hasn't been like hand sanitizers for weeks at this point. Uh, yeah. But it's fine because there's hand soap and like I don't need hand sanitizers if I have hand soap. So yeah, you don't you don't need hand sanitizer if you have soap. Like that's <laughs> yeah. hand sanitizer. I don't know people like you should only use hand sanitizer if you don't have access to soap and water. That's the point. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, um, yeah, uh, so was... I'm in I'm in Seattle where uh, like one of the big outbreaks is, and so yeah. we've been like basically forced to stay indoors for a while now. Um, we yeah. are at the like no gatherings of more than you know thirty people or whatever it is, um, like all the you know movie theaters and stuff are all shut down. And um, I've been working yeah. from home for a couple weeks. Luckily, I have a sort of job where like we can all work from home and it's fine. So yeah, they um, they I mean they've enforced similar restrictions on gatherings here, and it's not that bad here yet. Um, and I don't know that it will be because we at least had some warning <laughs> before yeah. things started getting really bad yeah. out east. But and I'm far enough away from like any really big like I'm not even close to Washington D.C. So yeah, so it'll be fine. But yeah, we're I'm still down, going to work. We're down the but, street from uh, from like the nursing home or whatever it was was where there uh, were, like the big outbreak in Seattle happened. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're That's fine though. Like, we be, haven't gotten sick, but... and none of my friends have gotten yeah. sick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. As far as as far as it is here, there's just kind of like isolated outbreaks centered around. You know, I think the first people here had it were like a couple in Virginia Beach who or on a cruise to Egypt and it kind of spread through there. And then there's uh, another smaller outbreak of like centered around a church and people like, you know, congregants at this church and then, you know, whatever the fuck is going on up in DC, which I <laughs> am not really paying that much attention to. I'm assuming it's, well, it is, it is a lot worse up there because it's Washington DC, but. And because yeah, I mean, I, I haven't Congress gotten sick. Doesn't, uh, Congress doesn't have vote from home capabilities. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, but nobody I know is sick yet, so that's for the best. Yep. I will I... say though, it's allergy season here. Like <laughs> the pollen is 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 flying thick and fast and like laying a visible layer of pollen dust on really any surface that is outdoors. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm trying real hard not to sneeze when I get the allergy <laughs> stuff in my in my face. It's really yep. hard because I don't want to get the dirty dirty stink eye looks in my yep. direction. That's fair. That's I'm so happy that I'm not allergic to pollen. That seems <laughs> I... like such a pain in the ass. You know, I'm I'm really 
not for the most part. It's just when I move somewhere new for the first like two springs until I get used to it, mm-hmm. I have the symptoms and then it goes away. So <laughs> yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. Knock, on, knock on wood, I've never had any issues with uh, with pollen or allergies, um, or at least not like seasonal allergies. I am allergic yeah. to like uh, penicillin variants, I think, but... Yeah, oh. same. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm allergic to. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I know of, I have not, because I'm a vegetarian, I could easily be like allergic to, you know, fish or something and just not know it. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true, but better safe than sorry. Tyler will never touch a crab. (laughs) I mean, mean, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I have no reason to find out. Yeah. It's only shellfish. I think that people really get allergic to. I've never heard of uh, a fish allergy. No, I I have. I had a friend in college who was allergic to, oh God, um, it was like a specific kind of fish too. It like wasn't just any fish. It was like one specific variety of fish. Uh, but oh. I forget, I forget which. I I knew someone who was allergic to vinegar, and then I knew someone else who was allergic to all citrus fruits. I think those are the the only weird allergies that I've heard of, or that huh. I've you know known someone encountered. With. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So tilapia. He was allergic to tilapia. Well, that's fine. Tilapia is a shit fish. <laughs> tilapia is not very good. <laughs> no, no loss there. He was also allergic to, um, like, apple and pear skins, not like the fruit. If the skin was cut off, he could be fine, um, but he was he was allergic to the, the skins. Huh. I wonder if that was the skins or if that was, like, pesticides that are on the skins. That could be, I guess. Um, I don't know. There was, a, there was a, a hilarious story that got thrown around at college about, like, the time that his girlfriend ate a pear and then went down on him and then they discovered oh, that no. it's a contact allergy <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah oh, what a tragedy. <laughs> oh that's really unfortunate yeah and, uh, i would feel i would feel we... bad about sharing that story but i haven't shared his name so it's fine yeah 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 no you're 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 covered man it's <laughs> it's fine uh that's a good that's a good that's a good story to have yeah yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) well besides uh the 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 big old bug that's getting everywhere uh any 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 other interesting life things i am i am still deep deep in the untamed rabbit hole um and like sharing it with others now (laughs) I have become I the, the virus vector for this show. <laughs> I haven't watched much more just because I haven't been watching a lot of stuff lately, but that's okay. It's it's still it's still saved in my my Netflix. I'll go back <laughs> to it eventually. Yeah, no, it's uh I've like, you know, I've been reading like giant novel-sized fanfics and uh I don't know watching watching review videos so many crack vids for this series just just watching all of those um i am i am keeping a list on my phone of potential ideas for making my own crack vid just in case um which i probably won't get around to doing but you never know 
yeah. It's good to have. Good to make lists. And then yeah. never do anything with them. Yep. I'm yeah. fine with that. Uh, <sighs> I've been, like, super obsessed about, like, playing music quiz. Or, like, video game music quiz. Oh. Really? It's so addictive. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that, uh, like, once a while back that you had uh, started doing that. Are you getting, like, really amazingly good at it now? Um, I moved on to the hardcore room, which Ooh. is kind of, well, the people there are insane. <laughs> <clears throat> so is it, like, multiplayer in the sense that you're, like, actually competing against other people? Well, I mean... Kind of, but kind of not. Like, you get points, and the fastest one get a bonus, but points doesn't really matter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. a while back you sent us a, a link of, like, um, was it was it a um, Final Fantasy VI theme that transitioned into the opening of Evangelion? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Where it like that really sounded like it was the the like the Evangelion theme was just like from Final Fantasy VI, and I was like, wait a minute, that's not a real thing, is it? Yeah, that can't be. That can't possibly be right. <laughs> I should probably watch Evangelion guess... at some point. I've seen only the weird parts. I've seen only like the last two episodes in the movie. Oh yeah, Evangelion's pretty good. I haven't watched it in a long time, but um, I I, I always like to say that like. I think it's it's a very like I, you'll get the most out of it if you are or have ever been a teenage boy. I think. <laughs> well, I have been a teenage boy. Yeah. And did, did you, you get anything out of Eva? <laughs> I haven't watched it. Oh, so no I, no data available. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mostly just say that. Uh, purely anecdotally because everybody that I know who's been really into Evangelion uh, were were guys who got into it when they were teenagers hmm. and and just kind of carried that with them. It's a small sample size, so I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> it's one of those like animes where like everyone loves it, but I think I would hate it. I mean, that's entirely possible. Mm. The, it, honestly, the robots bleed, and that weirds me out, so I don't know if I'll ever actually watch it. Whoa, the robots bleed? The robots, the robots bleed. bleed, yeah. I'm kind of into it now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to say too much, because then we're getting into spoiler territory. But yeah, the robots bleed. Yeah, it's I think I, creepy. If, if you do watch it, you got to kind of stick with it, because it starts out as a very typical giant like you know as a typical robots versus kaiju thing and then kind of slowly goes off the rails until it is the last few episodes in the movie um so yeah if if you watch it just 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 sit tight and uh and wait for wait for things to get nuts <laughs> ah that's what we're all that's what we're all doing right now we're sitting Pretty tight much. And waiting for things to get nuts yeah. Hopefully, hopefully stopping things from getting nuts. People, like, stay inside if you can and wash your hands. It's important. I think, 
I think things are sort of slowing down. I mean, at this I point, hope so. I have a I have bought plane tickets for a trip in September. And if this is still bad enough that I can't fly in September, I'm going to be real mad. Oh yeah, we um we had a family trip to Hawaii in June and we're canceling that. Yeah. Which is good. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. shall we shall we talk about a game? We could talk yeah, about a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good a good distraction. Yeah, no. No no segue. Too too tired for segues today. That's fine. Um yeah. let's just talk about Manifold Garden. Wait, hang on. Hang on. The world is turning upside down thanks to COVID. Let's talk about Manifold Garden. <laughs> Where you turn the world upside I down. I should be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I tried. I tried real hard. I didn't try at all actually. Um. um yeah so manifold garden um so the creator is william and then his last name is pronounced is spelled c-h-y-r and a very sketchy names site told me that that's pronounced sheer so if i'm gonna say william sheer if it's not william sheer then i apologize william uh my bad I don't know how to pronounce your name and you don't have it on like your website or any uh like easy to find places um, that would be convenient because we looked, we did try. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we played Manifold Garden, which is a game about gravity puzzles. I guess is the best way to describe it. It's a puzzle game, but it, this is going to be one of those where, like, we take a lot of effort to describe something that is not like that's kind of indescribable, and you kind of have to play it for yourself to really get it. Yeah, it's a mix of gravity puzzles and impossibly impossible space and like infinitely tessellating landscapes. Yeah. Uh Yeah, it's there's a some game, fractals it, too. Yeah, That's it's a fun. game where you can fall off the edge of a map and then you just fall until you land on the identical map from the other side because it all just wraps. Everything just wraps. And a lot of times that falling off the edge of the map is actually like a, a mechanic that you have to use in order to complete things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, like the, the visual style is very cool. It's a sort of um, like big polygon architectural space with minimal colors, but you're kind of like returning color back to it by um, getting rid of these black goo things and, and, fixing the gardens i don't know kelso you yeah. start to say something yeah. i interrupted you oh no um, um so i'm not really clear what this game is actually about <laughs> i mean i don't know it. that it's necessarily about anything it's pretty abstract it's pretty abstract but it feels like there's something in mind i think the 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 most I could really come up with about what your objective is is you're activating machinery to purge a sort of corruption that has taken hold yes. in this place. And, and that's I'm, all I got. I'm trying to remember I and I can't remember if it was the creator of this game or the creator of um antechamber who said they were annoyed by the fact that games had to have endings 
and that people were like like confused or dissatisfied if the game didn't have what felt like a narrative finale. Um, and I don't know which game that that was said about, but I kind of feel like this feels almost like it has a narrative as a sort of token way of like helping guide you through the space because it's easy to like to, to mentally categorize, okay, like black stuff, bad, trying to get rid of black stuff to, you know, and therefore progress through. Yeah. Pretty Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's, uh, should we do, let's do mechanics first, because trying to, to like actually explain what the spaces and puzzles are like is going to be hard. Um, so as we said, there's the ability to uh, fall off the edge of a map and then wrap around to the map again um, from the other side. Uh, pretty much the main mechanic mm -hmm. is actually uh, gravity shift. So anytime you are facing a flat plane that is at a 90 degree angle from you, um, you can hit a button in order to make that the floor. Uh, and mm -hmm. then in doing so, you can um, move around and changing the gravity effects uh, has, a, has various effects in the world. So there are, for instance, cubes. Uh, that will only fall, that they have an arrow on them, and they will be stationary unless the arrow is pointing towards the ground, in which case they will fall to the ground. Um, there's water that only flows when it's in a, a gravity situation that makes sense. Um, there's some things that like always fall based on gravity, so you can switch the gravity to make them fall in different directions. Um, is there anything else that's like specifically gravity related? The, um, the rivers or the streams, I guess, rather, will, will fall off and behave as anything else that falls off. But if you, if you rotate the gravity, they kind of freeze in midair and you can mm -hmm. use them as bridges. Yes. Where they true. had previously been falling off. Yeah. Where previously they are like kind of, um you know, transparent to collision and you can walk through them if, unless they're, they're at a, an odd angle to gravity, in which case, yeah, they are a bridge. Yeah. Um, there's also, so the rivers uh, can be used to turn water wheels, which power certain things. Um, the, the blocks with arrows are like fruits that grow on trees. Uh, and so you can pick them off trees of corresponding colors uh, and you can plant them and water them to grow new trees in certain places. Uh, and you can um, use some of them to, uh, the arrows on them to like redirect the flow of water uh, at a 90 degree angle um, to make it, uh, but it has to be on the same plane though. And yeah. so you can make the water uh, go in different directions. Um, there are like these, these force field type things that can be either walls or stairs or bridges or anything uh, that have to be powered to turn on and off. So you like drop a cube in a power slot uh, and it turns on this like uh, collision area that, and you can move across it or you turn it off to get, get it out of your way and unblocking you. I know I'm missing something in terms of, oh, there's giant Tetris blocks in some levels that uh, will fall uh, based on the direction of gravity. 
Uh, and they're usually two directional, so you can make them move across like one axis um, based on if you, you know, you're not at the top or bottom of that axis. Uh, and you use those to like make paths that you can walk across. Oh, there's the, um, similar to that, there's the the ball in tube. Yeah, the hamster ball thing. puzzle. That's actually one of my favorites. Yeah, I like those a lot. Um, um, yeah, there's is, a there's it's... a energy ball in a big glass tube that's kind of arranged like one of those hamster mazes, uh, where it's like a bunch of like tubes that kind of go in all sorts of crazy directions, and you have to tilt it, or tilt gravity around in the correct sequence to get the ball to fall down the tubes. Yeah. Um, there's like to... weird cubes. Yes. So, so each in each area, the point is to like activate uh, a little shrine that has a like a nega cube, which is like this weird inversely colored cube thing, and you pick it up and it turns everything into like the dark world, and then you have to deliver it to a nega tree, <laughs> and when you yeah, deliver think... it to this tree, it makes crazy fractals happen, and then the crazy fractals uh, activate a hypercube in the same color as the tree and you use the hypercube to like cure areas of the garden. Yeah, I think I want to say so there's there's a walkthrough uh by the developer of like the first area and I want to say he refers to it as the god cube. Yes, I've like, heard the tesseract. Yeah. I always just called it the the tesseract cube cuz it's got a little tesseract in there, but um yeah, the god cube is also a good Yes, I had to a good use description. that. I had to use that tutorial walkthrough because I actually glitched out the game during the tutorial. Oh, nice! Um, which shouldn't be Tell possible. Tell us about that. I did it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there's uh, the first tutorial is just like a little enclosed space where it teaches you about um, how the gravity mechanic works, um, the gravity shift, and like teaches you how to push buttons to open doors, um, and like a few basics of like the trees and their their cubes and stuff. And then it gets you to an outdoor area um, where there's your first nega cube, and you're supposed to grab the nega cube and take it to the nega tree. Uh, and that that's basically the tutorial about how to fall to get to other areas of the map. Um, because it wraps, you can basically fall infinitely, so you can like traverse space by just falling and moving like incrementally in a direction. Um, so I grabbed the nega cube and I uh, moved towards this. Uh, this tree that I found, um, and I set the the nega cube down. And the the thing is with the nega cubes is when you uh, pick them up, uh, if you ever set them down, it like basically starts a countdown where the screen starts like blooming to white. And if you let it bloom all the way to white, it starts you back at the shrine where you picked up the cube in the first place. Um, so I set it down, it, it rewound me to the shrine and I'm like, okay, so I guess I can't set it down. Uh, and then, so I grabbed the cube, I jumped towards the tree. Um, I hit the edge of the platform in such a way that the cube got left behind, but I kept falling. Uh, and I'm like, oh shit, I lost the cube. Uh, and then it started to do the fade to fade screen to white thing again, like it does when you lose the cube. And it set me back at the shrine where it like it does but the cube wasn't there the cube was gone oh so i I couldn't pick up the cube again i couldn't bring it back to the tree huh 
So what did, I, you, what did you end up having to do? I, I, did you just have to reload or? Yeah, I saved the game and, and quit and came back later and it was there again. So oh. it was fine. It was just a save and quit um, reset. But I was very confused because I'm like, because of course I had not, this is the first time encountering that mechanic. So I, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be doing. And I'm like, there's this tree here and it really seems like maybe I should try to bring the cube to this tree, but I don't have the cube anymore. So like maybe I like already did bring the cube to the tree and just nothing happened. Um, and you know, like I was very confused about like what was supposed to be happening. Um, and I found that there's an area actually where if you wander a little further away, you can get to the, um, what I, what I mentally think of as the garden of progress. Um, so there's, or the museum of progress. Uh, so there's like a little hallway that has a, a set of glass containers that have little models of each level and they're covered in goo to start with. And as you beat each level, like the little models get uncovered. Um, yeah. And so I, I got to that place uh, and I like spent some time exploring it. Like, Oh, maybe there's something I'm supposed to do over here. Uh, and nothing happened. And finally I, I like, it felt weird enough that I'm like, I'm going to check a walkthrough to make sure that I like didn't miss something obvious uh, and it was like, take the cube to the tree and this should happen. And I'm like, oh, that didn't happen. <laughs> so let me quit and reset. Yeah. Yeah, the cubes are a bit wonky. Yeah. And also, they also have collision while you carry them. They do have collision while you carry them and you can like ding them against the stairs and they make a That's cute my little favorite like, thing. tink noise. I know. I love I love the foley in this game, just yeah. as an aside, the sound of like cubes clinking against stairs or the kind of clicky noise as the doors unfold and open. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, it so has good. very good sound design. Um, but yeah, no, I also noticed that you fall at a different rate than the cubes. Yes. Which is yeah. and doesn't make at sense. a different rate than the Tetris block. Yes. Um, and I found this out because I once accidentally dropped a cube such that it was falling infinitely. And I had to, like, jump after it and chase it. And I, if you can fall towards it and get steadily closer and closer to the cube, and then you can catch it. Yeah. Which is probably Which why is that good. disparity is even there. Yeah. Although I mean, it, you is, can it is... You go to the tree. Yeah, it is worth saying. You, if you yeah. If you, like, drop it and can't catch it again, you can just... And nab it off the tree and it will sort of respawn yeah it was at a particular uh, point where i was like a good distance away from the tree and i'm like oh, i don't want to walk uh, all the way back to the tree let me just see if i can catch it and then i did yeah 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 so the yeah. trees when you pick a fruit off the tree it leaves like a little ghost fruit um and then if you pick the ghost fruit it just like takes the cube from wherever it was in the world and puts it back in your hand um, so that you can reset puzzles if you need to, which I How did. How many have times to do did you pick uh, the wrong fruit? Only like Several once. Or twice. Only like once or twice. I was mostly fine. <laughs> I always forgot which fruit I picked first yeah. and which was which. So I reset yeah. all my cubes. Oh, there's another mechanic I remembered. There are in a couple areas of the game. There are uh, colorful lasers. Um, and if you put a cube in the colored laser, it switches the direction of the cube. So oh, every yeah. every direction of the like six cardinal directions of the of a cube, basically think of like you're basically in the interior of a cube and there's six faces. So each face has like a dedicated color that's consistent throughout the game. 
Um, so you're Thank like, God. okay, if it's, I think it's consistent. Is it not? It is consistent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like without it, it would be a pain in the ass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they do a good job of color coding. Like the blue fruit is always, you know, like blue and always points in this direction. And like red fruit is always red and points in this direction. Um, but if you put a thing in a laser, it changes the color. And if and it also, thank God, changes the ghost color uh, on the tree. So if you go back to the tree to repick a fruit, you can be like, oh, this one's yellow now instead of blue. So like, if I want the one that's still blue, I should pick the other one. Oh, I guess I didn't notice that. That's 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 good queuing. Yeah, that's pretty handy. Definitely. <laughs> and there's some the trees kind of that like this game needs. Yeah, there's some trees that like grow together from. They're like two trees on opposing faces and their canopies meet. And in that case, you get a fruit that like falls in either of those two directions, which is kind of interesting. I liked, I liked that as a visual. Like they, it could have just been, here's another block, but mm -hmm. having that visual marker in the world to say, these two trees have grown together and the fruit is different because of it. You know, just a nice touch yeah, this is a very Probably. good like no no tutorials or like no no text based uh, like still managing to tutorialize stuff. Yeah, probably also worth mentioning. Uh, William Shear is primarily an artist and not a game developer, which is uh, not a crucial distinction, but I think a, a necessary one to make to understand a lot of what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, for what yeah, it's worth, like, say... the puzzle design is very good for someone yeah. who is not a dedicated game designer. Yeah, like, like he, it's he a game does, about like, puzzles. gallery shows and stuff. <laughs> like, it's a game, it's a puzzle game, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like the puzzles are not the main point. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, fair. I, I actually, see that. I, I found a write-up here, and here's uh, a, a quote from him about the narrative. Um, he describes the narrative as like a parable, like God created the world in seven days level of storytelling. It's a game about learning the cosmology and physical rules of a beautiful but alien space. Yeah. Which is a good way of summing it up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's definitely like, um, so this is, this is absolutely the game that I wanted Naissance and Cairo to be. <laughs> right? It's like a game that's about sort of uh, uncanny architecture and weird spaces but there's something to do there and it's not just like uh, like uh, ominous for the sake of being ominous the entire time yeah i it's weird playing yeah. through this and i it almost felt more like atmospherically oppressive than naissance did um I don't I don't know exactly what that is. I think it's the the comfort of being enclosed in a space versus the <laughs> mm -hmm. the the fear of being in a completely open space that never ends and also yeah. being alone in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I this was more stressful Nathan yeah. saying that. But they do yeah, good alternate, they do also like, alternation. There's a lot of times when you are safe inside an enclosed space. And it's yeah. not scary. Yeah, I and like well, that's the difference between the games, right? One's mm -hmm. infinitely repeating wrapping, and the other one's is like a set space crafted. 
Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of it also is Nissan's had puzzles for sure, but did it not did to it the though? degree that it 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 definitely did, it um, had, but not to the movement, degree that this did. I, I will give you and it had I, movement challenges. That's about as no, much there was light puzzles. Yeah, there was the puzzle about um the what the, like the giant block that you had to move the um. I don't even know what like what were we calling them the blocks that that respond to light and shadow and they're they're solid in shadow but permeable in light and you had to manipulate the lights so that um you could pass through this like solid cube that was definitely that was absolutely a puzzle okay i, I will die I have, on this hill I have no memory of this but i will take your word <laughs> I for don't, it you might you might not have gotten to that. I part. may not have gotten I, there. Um, I did I rage know. quit that game, so yeah, it's possible I didn't get that far. But I, I think part of it is like I'm in this this environment that conceptually is horrifying, and also I have to feel like an idiot doing these puzzles. This, uh, so this might it, be the difference. I like, I did not feel like this is this is about the perfect level of puzzle for me. And I understand that this is very much a like individual, your mileage may vary sort of thing, but this was exactly at the level of like, it never took me too long to figure out a puzzle. I always felt like a little clever at the end and I had like continuous forward momentum. So this was like perfectly tuned to my yeah, abilities. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, but I tend to like being stuck at the puzzle. <laughs> I had a different experience with the puzzles where I, I never, not never, but in a, a lot of situations, I didn't feel like I ever figured it out or solved it. It felt more like I just stumbled upon a solution that worked and it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I can keep going, but there's not the satisfaction of I did it. It's just like, oh, I did it, I guess, if that makes, if that yeah, makes no, sense. I, I have totally um, got that in other games. Um, for For whatever reason, this one, like just kind of did it for me where I was able to like sit and go like okay if I put this here then that provides a platform for me to like block this thing as it falls and then if I switch over to this direction and don't switch back that way and like I, I like sat and puzzled some of them out and a lot of them like were like especially in the early parts were kind of trivial but towards the later parts like there were some times when I felt honestly like really like you know big pants baby uh, kind of like galaxy I, brain Kyla over yeah, here. Yeah, like I figured it out. <laughs> I am so cool. Yeah, I think like the later puzzles I really liked because they had because I got to like plan out stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it did get better um, as the game progressed, but and I, will I don't. Also I think say part one... of it also. Oh, go on. No, you go first. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say I think part of it also is that um, we've we slash I have played a lot of games that are similar to this. We've played Cairo. We've played Naissance. I, I, we didn't do antechamber for the show, but I think we've, yeah, all, we've all played at least it. played or watched antechamber. I am at my saturation point for games like this, man. I, and <laughs> I will say this, I think is the, the best example out of all of them. Antechamber was great, but I think at times was a little too obtuse for its own good. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, I would be happy if I never had to play another, <laughs> you know, um, atmospheric spatial minimalistic. Puzzler. Yeah, minimalistic, atmospheric, very architectural 
puzzle game. Like I, I'm done with them. I, I, eh, that's it. That's all. Genre, that's all. Genre, I can say. genre has been genre has been completed. The end. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so. I will say though that Manifold Garden has something to like provide to that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it comes with new ideas and it comes with like. Yeah, like I said, I think this really is sort of the pinnacle of what exists in the genre at this moment in time. Yeah, and I, I definitely felt like um, after playing Antichamber, like every game in that space that we've played since then has felt like not really necessary since Antichamber exists. And then this is the first one that has felt like, oh, okay, here's like the next game after Antichamber that's actually doing something interesting. And yeah. I, I would be fine with not playing another game in the genre until I get another one of these that's like, oh, this is actually doing something new and interesting with this space. But I'm I'm also a sucker for like mood and surrealism, so I probably would play another game before that. Yeah. I will say though, like the color scheme helps it out a lot. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It <laughs> Also, the rain effect. Oh, when you go into Dark day. World, yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's sort of like, it's interesting because the quote-unquote Dark World, which I think is what they call it in the walkthrough, which is why I'm um, using that term, but um, it, it feels a little ominous, but it mostly just feels kind of melancholy in a way that I thought was sort of interesting. I appreciated that I didn't feel, it didn't feel continually oppressive 100% of the time in the way that Naissance did. Um, there were parts that were, like, disconcerting and uncomfortable, um, but it wasn't, it, like, I didn't get fatigue on that feeling the way that I have in other games. Yeah. I don't um, know, I still, I felt, uh, just, just infinite space really not great for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there is something you know. very disconcerting about infinitely open space, isn't there? You know what yeah. I think? I think, weirdly, what did it for me is um, what made that less less disconcerting is um, I am very afraid of heights. And so the idea that you could fall and it wasn't the end of the game, it was actually you would just eventually land on the right spot again was somehow weirdly comforting to me. So I'm kind of yeah, bad with heights and I had the opposite effect. Okay. <laughs> Where like, sure. you have to fall. And also, yeah. like, a lot of times you have to, like, you want to look down. So you have to, like, stand on the edge and try to look down without falling. Yeah. Yeah. And I will also yeah. say, uh, I... we, talked, we talked about this a little bit in the um, in the chat previously, but this, this is a real bad game if you have nausea issues. Um, yeah. Because, like, switching gravity, especially if you're, like, not 100% facing the direction of the gravity that you're switching, so you have it kind of at a at a cocked angle like real rough god there was one um one walkthrough that i consulted a couple times when i was a little bit stuck where the guy playing it was he did so much gravity shifting where he would like fall off a ledge a little bit and then catch the adjacent like face of that ledge yep, and just that a bunch. Like, flip himself Ugh. <laughs> yeah really really disorienting um, yeah and it's so much and worse I, I when someone else is doing it and you're not in control yeah 
Yeah. And I was, I just, I never got very good at doing that also. So I ended up spending a lot of time uh, plummeting. Yeah. And I'm forever. not sure you ever have to do that necessarily, but it, it does, it is a yeah. handy shortcut to be able to do. Yeah. It, it does make things easier when you can, or when, well, when I could pull it off, it makes, makes it a little easier to get around. Mm-hmm. Um. So the, the thing I was going to say earlier about the puzzles is that one thing I really appreciated, speaking of like not having to do these weird maneuvers, um, one thing I really appreciated is that uh, it never felt like execution was the problem. Um, it never felt like I figured out what to do, but I, I just can't pull it off. I can't fall in the right direction or I can't get it to twist the right way or, you know, like it was all like once I figured it out. I could just like boom, boom, boom. Like the ma- there was maybe one exception towards the end. There's like one final puzzle with the like giant Tetris blocks, and that I was, one was more like yeah, that one. Yeah. That one was more like once I figured out what I had to do, it was a little annoying to execute because it was time consuming. But it didn't feel like like oh, I just missed it, you know, like kind of that sort of dependent. Mm-hmm. I had issues getting up to like where the water flowed. In the Tetris block. Yeah, that was a weird space. That what that's like the that's a, like a weirdly standout puzzle for me is like one that I took like um, you know way more time on than any others. That one was like definitely an outlier for me. Wait, this is the one towards the end where you have to connect the Tetris blocks to make the water flow over yeah. and around them. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Okay, yeah, yeah. But and I the... felt really good when I saw it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, the, the, the puzzle involves, you have like these four giant Tetris blocks and you have to make them fall together into the center in the right order so that they like sort of fall into each other and are held in place by each other such that they make a path of the right length and shape that you can like put a little waterfall along the top of them and get it to fall onto one of the little water wheels. Um, and it's you have to get it just in the exact right spots, and doing so involves having to move all of the Tetris blocks along all of the faces. So you have to be careful about which ones you accidentally undo when you're trying to get to the other ones. Um, but I got there eventually. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, we can we can so, go into this like, sort of I had sequence, but. I... I had some issues with like finding my way and maybe it's just I have no sense of like spatial memory or mm-hmm. any sense of direction. No, I like, think that's a lot valid of times it was like... That, like you come back to an area on a different face of the wall and it looks completely different. So, yeah, I don't know how many times I went like into a room, like twisted like two or three times. And then went out back through the door I came in. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Luckily, that, a lot of, sort of the doors are button actuated. So if you see the pillar with the button on it that you've clearly already pressed, you can be like, oh, I, I pressed that. This must be the door I came in. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of buttons. I assume it's a lot of for like, correcting that you're in the right gravity when you enter a room. Yeah, that, yeah I can see that. That was my that. assumption, too. I, um... Yeah, one one thing that that I did. This was more in the earlier parts of the game, I guess, until I got used to it. But like, I would come out into a big area, and I would see, okay, this is what I need to do. But where the fuck is the tree? And the tree is just 
way the hell away somewhere. Yeah. You gotta go hunt for the tree. <laughs> what? Yep. What is? Where is the tree? Like, please don't make me like zoop around in this terrifying world any longer than I have to to find a tree. Or you have a cube and you need to find a button. And you have to. Yeah, you have to. You have and to maybe cube, that to find button, the button is under black goo. Yeah. And you're stuck there for way too long. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I take it this was a specific specific experience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were a couple times, there was one, at least one time where I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do? And the thing that like I re realized to do is like, okay, <clears throat> I know eventually I'm going to have to turn on the machine that points a laser at the Nega Cube. Because you always have to point lasers mm -hmm. at the Nega Cube. And the, the lasers are at least on these like big very distinctive towers so i'm like okay let me find the laser tower and then work my way back from there uh and that usually let me find the things i needed to find oh that's yeah true. so what helped me a lot is remembering like what area i was in so if i was in yellow area the solution is going to be yeah like the cubes are going to be towards the yellow so yeah, if i because... turn the gravity so i'm at yellow yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's a good one because you can only you can't drop the block if you're not in the correct gravity and you need to drop the block on the switch in order to finish the level. So therefore, if you're the both the tree and the switch must be on the same face. So if you found one of them, then you know that the other is on that same face. Which is as yes. you say very helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um uh, so I guess the sequence of the game, as it, as we said, it starts with like a little tutorial area where you're like inside a building and then you get to your first like infinite falling space. Um, you get your first little uh, tree seed thing um, and activate your first tree. You get your first like weird, they're not even a tessellation. It's like a kaleidoscope um, yeah. of architecture and colors that happens. Uh, and you get a laser to a god cube and you take the god cube and you open up the garden and the garden is like the interior of a cube where each face has a, a tree or a, a space for a tree of a different color and all of the faces are covered with goo and so your goal is to get each face ungooed and then once all the faces are ungooed you open uh, the area to the rainbow section and then you have to do mm -hmm. one last gauntlet of puzzles uh, to get the rainbow seed and take it to the rainbow tree. Uh, and then that opens like the final sequence of the game, which is just like a really trippy wandering through some strange visual effects and architecture, basically. Yeah. It felt really like, well, look at this cool thing I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it, fall. It Falling into the eye of God, essentially. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of the uh, spoilers, I guess, for Outer Wilds. The end of Outer Wilds. Oh, yeah. That is true. Where it's like, oh. hey, what's it like to fall into the eye of the universe anyway? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it had a little bit of that feel. Um, but it's a... Yeah, so so the within the garden there's like each each of the different garden faces has kind of a like a a big central theme to it. Um one of them is the the hamster ball puzzle which was maybe my favorite although I do like the waterfalls a lot. 
um, the hamster ball puzzle where there's just one giant collection of like glass tubes along the level and you have to find yeah. ways of getting around to the right way so you can control the gravity to to flip the ball into its into the end of the tube. Um, mm -hmm. There was one with one space where like the interior has these giant Tetris pieces and you have to connect them in the right way to form circuits um, so that buttons will activate certain machines. Um, <clears throat> there's one that uses the uh, waterfall mechanic a lot and kind of teaches you about how waterfalls work and how to plant other trees. Um, and I don't remember what the other like three are, <laughs> but there are there are variations on similar. Yeah. Um, I yeah, thought they I did a no pretty idea. good job of like incrementally uh, introducing each of the mechanics and sort of making it, you know, like make it like okay, you've mastered that. Now here's like one more little thing to add, and here's one more little thing to add. Yeah, and there was just enough inclusion of new stuff in each like it wasn't like okay you've learned the like direction shifting laser thing now we're gonna throw 20 of them at you like yeah. you only really encountered those i don't know maybe five times throughout yeah the whole game i would and say it's no bob i see you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah and it's um i'm thankful for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, and it felt like when, when they didn't use a mechanic for a while, they would, like, introduce it again, like, just soon enough that you hadn't completely forgotten about it, and they, like, wouldn't make you... It, it wasn't like, oh, you've seen this thing once before in the beginning of the game, and you're expected to remember how to use it. Like, they were, they were pretty good at, like, sort of keeping you up on what the, you know, what your mechanics are. Yeah. Um. Is there, I was going to say, like, we we also normally talk about the music. Was there music in this game? I didn't even notice. Yeah. I yeah. Have... It was, it was pretty ambient. ambient. It was <laughs> right. pretty ambient. It also, like, started and stopped in kind of weird ways sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, like, there, there were some specific cues that would play when you, you know, uh, like, come into a new area that's been opened up or you get to like a specific point in a level. I, I, I mean, we mentioned the, like the Foley specifically earlier and I found a lot of that to be more effective in general. Like <clears throat> the, the thing I remember most is the, the first area where the giant Tetris blocks are, <clears throat> you're in an interior, you haven't seen the giant Tetris blocks, but you shift the gravity and you hear this, big like distant thud like, yeah. of a massive object somewhere off in the distance it's like what is that yep. and then you see it and you find out where that sound was coming from and it's like oh that's cool yeah and then um, you can use that sound cue as a as a hint yeah. later to like know that even if you're not facing the block it has finished falling into place mm -hmm. yeah and that that i think that's the the big foley moment that i really remember but the the yeah the the clinking of cubes and doors and stuff i i liked a lot yeah the music was kind of just there yeah yeah no the sound, the like... sound cueing was a very good kind of mix of like nice atmospheric touch and like really important to the game design and like a good good hinting yeah 
So this is something I've noticed in a lot of indie games. Actually, a lot of games. Don't mute the audio in the menu when you try to adjust the audio. <laughs> Did they do that? Uh, yeah. I th I feel hmm. like there's a tr there's supposed to be like um maybe this is an old trend that like doesn't exist anymore, but I the way I remember it, people used to always have when you adjust the menu the sound in a menu, it plays a sample sound so you can tell the loudness. Yeah, I don't think that's too common anymore. Yeah, maybe that's just like hmm. an old-fashioned thing now. I mean, it's helpful. I want them, they should bring it back. Yeah. Or at least have like something that can tell you what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um the Yeah, the sound is the sound in this is very is very helpful. I I wonder so this is like a hard game to play for certain disabilities, I feel like. Like it's a probably a tough game if you're colorblind. Um, and it's probably a tough game to play with no sound, just because they do use sound cues for like a lot of little hints in certain ways. Um, in general, there's a because there's a lot of times the because the worlds are really big and, and confusingly shaped, uh, where you you are not facing or looking at the thing that is going on. And so they use sound as a cue saying like, hey, you just did something that made something happen. Something in the world state has changed. You should probably figure out what that is. And I, I feel like it would be really easy to miss without those sound cues. Yeah. By the way, did you guys notice the windows in the game? In like the corridors and hallways? <laughs> the, yeah, the like, about them? glass? They... Yeah. They always point to where you're supposed to go. Nice. Oh, really? Like, always. Huh. That's good game design. <laughs> I thought that was really neat. Yeah, preview preview the place where up. you want the player to go before they can actually get there. Uh, wow. Is like a, like a half-life technique. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I mostly noticed them because, like, one of the first things I did was, like, can I walk on this? <laughs> Um, because in the first corridors, like when you're experimenting with the gravity shift, I was like, am I going to fall? Can I fall out this window? And it's like, no, it's made of glass. You can just walk on it. I'm like, all right, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That would suck if you fell through the glass, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that would be real bad. Um, <clears throat> so another thing I was going to mention um, that I wrote down so I would remember to come back to it uh, about the spaces in the game is that I really, I appreciate in a sort of game design way that there were a lot of spaces that you come back to later. Um, yeah. Where it's like you get to a space and it's pretty clear that you the thing that you need to do in this space is impossible and you'll have to come back later from a different direction um, or like with a, with a different fruit. And then I felt like, on the one hand, it's a little annoying because it takes you a second to realize that you can't actually do the thing in the space and you need to move on. Um, but on the other hand, I found it very orienting when you come back to a space and you're like, oh, I recognize this space. I've been here before. I know what I need to do here because I was like unable to do it last time. And yeah, I, I felt uh, that like those were some comforting and grounding moments that I really appreciated. 
Mm -hmm. um, there's, yeah, there's like one that's like a garden with a bunch of blue trees, but they're all behind um, walls. Uh, yeah. And then there's one where there's like, uh, just like blue, a bunch of blue stuff across from a bunch of red stuff. And I forget why you can't do the the things immediately. It's like there's no red tree there yet or something. Um, yeah. And you have to like wait and come back when uh, you can get a red tree. Or vice versa, there's no blue tree or something. Yeah, something. But yeah, um, sort of these hub areas. Yeah. Blue is clearly the most powerful cube. <laughs> of the colors. Yeah. Yes. It might be, is blue might be the first one that you get, I think. Uh, I, I remember the first, think so. the first space that you keep coming back to is, is I, I internally refer to it as the blue room. It wasn't actually blue, but the trees and the, it was, you know, the direction, directional heading, I guess, was blue. Yeah. Yeah, coding, I might be wrong, but I think like, sorry. I might be wrong, but I think like the blue is like way more common than all the other cubes. It, I mean, now that you're saying that, it does kind of seem that way when I'm thinking back. But I don't know if that's if that's now just a bias that has been introduced to my brain. It's possible but that the that the puzzles like were all designed like on a certain axis, and then like some of them were rotated, and maybe just yeah. some of them, you know, most of them stayed on one axis. Um, but I was going to say um, that color coding the different directions and maintaining that as a consistent language is like a stroke of genius with this game. Like yeah. it's, that's like, it, it took me a while to understand that like, oh, like this direction is always this color, but it, it really helps you orient yourself where you're like, okay, blue direction. I need to, like, now that I'm over in this completely different corner of the map, I know that if I'm in blue direction, I'm facing the right way. Yeah. Um, I'm still not sure, like, what the axes are, though. There's yeah, blue no, and mean, red. They're all, there's they're all... yellow and purple? Yes, so there's there's um, green, or it's blue, orange. red, yellow, orange, and purple. Yeah. yeah, the yellow and orange are a little self-similar, which is a little annoying, but... Yeah, um, what was I going to say? Oh, also worth, worth mentioning, uh, there, uh, William Shear's YouTube has hours and hours and hours of of like dev streams and yeah, yeah he like live streamed footage, the so. entire dev right the entire dev process yeah, i think so yeah or pretty much yeah i so. was watching it sometimes it was pretty fun yeah i could yeah, see it's, that it's one of those things that i want to go back to and this must be like a cool game to see get made because i'm sure there was a lot of interesting trial and error that happened with certain things <laughs> yeah probably it's good to know that those those streams got permanently captured. So like that's a great that's a great like if you're a game design student thing to like be able to go and just watch that process. Yeah, like what it's what also a been a long process. Yeah, yeah but, I'm sure. Man, what a time to be a game dev student. <laughs> just yeah. having all of these resources and and you know, so many people just streaming their dev. It's great. Yeah, great. Was he the original one? I know there was like at least one person who like paid for their game dev project by streaming it, basically, and then like the oh, ads really? on their channel were popular enough that it like helped fund the game dev. That's cool. Um, but I don't know if it was this oh, game or um... if it was a different game. 
I knew I know Nuclear Throne was streamed. I think. Yeah. Or maybe it's just parts of it. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that was also kickstarted. That could be. I yeah, I don't know much about I mean, other than it being Glumbeer, I don't know much about the origin of Nuclear Throne. Trying to see. Um, uh, are we tangenting off onto Nuclear Throne? Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm looking to see if I can find anything about this funding. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, this is, a, this, this is a I'm second curious. or third hand thing that I heard, so it's possible it's apocryphal, too. But I, th I think it's a thing that uh, that I, you know, heard about, so. I'm just curious to see if there was, like, a grant involved with this one, since mm, he is yeah. primarily, like, a sculptor. Um I was I was sort of clicking around his portfolio. Say so he does a lot of balloon sculptures, which is great. Oh, I like that kind of stuff. Um, we said um, that this would I maybe I think we said this when we introduced it last week that this game is also inspired by the same graphic novel that inspired Naissance. Oh yeah, Blam. about like out of control architecture. Yeah, <laughs> out of control and infinite this is architecture. A lot, a lot less hostile than Blam for sure. Yeah. Lamb being the name, the, the name of the comic, for those who don't know. It's spelled mm -hmm. like blame, but apparently pronounced like blam. Yeah, I don't... J J Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just skimming Wikipedia, and I need to stop doing this, because it's not... <laughs> it's not, not making for good radio, so... Yeah, I was gonna say, not good audio <laughs> so, content. How many times did you walk up, like... A staircase and realized there was a wall in front of you. Yeah. And they um, go, wait, I'm stuck. And they go, oh, wait, shit, I can change the way gravity goes. Well, the thing that kept happening to me is I would be like, I would, I would forget what plane I was on and I would think that I was on another plane, but not actually be on that plane because of the way I had the camera oriented and I would yeah. get really disoriented in that way. Yeah. Yep. That happened to be a lot yeah. of times. No, like, the, I mean, the... you have six gravity, but you still have, like, full view of, like, your camera. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the, the number of times that I got to a, what I thought was a dead end and went, wait, this is a dead end. Where am I supposed to go next? And then belatedly remembered that I could change gravity <laughs> was, like, frankly embarrassing. Yeah, well, I think I think we all did that or <laughs> like there were there were some moments where i would have a room flipped upside down and i would be at like the doorway and be like oh i can't jump over this tiny little <laughs> you know this tiny obstruction what am i gonna do without a jump button <laughs> yeah it's like oh right i can like walk on the wall for a little bit yeah i can just i can just you know fix it um Duh. the uh the other one, what was the other thing that I did a bunch that was like, that I kept forgetting? Was, yeah, there was definitely the camera one. Oh, there was, there were a lot of puzzles where I like got the solution and thought I was fine. And then on my way to the door, accidentally undid the solution by like shifting to the wrong wall and making oh. things fall down. And I'm like, God dang it. I never yeah. did that. And I'm I did it a couple of times. It wasn't surprised. as common as the other two, but. Yeah, that only happened to me a few times, but 
definitely did happen a few times. Or, um, or it happened like in the middle of the puzzle as I was going along where I'm like, okay, I think I got this part. Now I just need to go get the other box. And then I like turned turn around the wrong way and I'm like, ah, dang it. Yeah, <laughs> there, were, there were a couple falling. occasions where I, I think I just had like an extra cube that wasn't actually used in the solution of the puzzle. And I thought, oh, well, I just need to take this cube like into another area probably to to use it like on a later switch or something uh and it turned out that wasn't the case and i was tying myself in knots trying to figure out how do i keep this cube you can definitely great steal use. cubes well sometimes um but that is another great use of the like so many rooms being gated by a particular button is that you have to be facing the right way to press the button which means you can't take a cube with you because it's facing the wrong way for the button yeah unless and you do like yeah you you can like weird take it, things yeah i was gonna say you can go out of your way to get the cube uh through if you really want to by like taking it with you and like putting it on a different wall and then like lifting it on a ledge and stuff but like for the most part it's a pretty good signal of like hey this is a reset this is a chamber reset like you you don't need anything coming into this space um, yeah that's that's and, kind of the conclusion i eventually came to is like if i have to go through a whole bunch of crap to get this cube out i probably don't need it yeah um it, it did it did take me some time to learn that though yeah they're, they're pretty good about like if you feel like you are doing way like a ton of work and it's being finicky then probably you have not actually found the solution yeah Look, Portal taught me to be attached to cubes. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. So. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about that a while back because my, my mom made a little uh, 3D sculpture of a companion cube for Valentine's Day. Oh, that's nice. With her, with her 3D pen. I keep thinking I want to get one of those, but then I'm like, what would I do with it? And <laughs> I already, I'm already... I have already committed myself to a new hobby. I've decided I want to take up embroidery Ooh. because I've wanted to take up embroidery for at least a decade or more. I've thought like, yeah, yeah no, I know really that's always a thing that like, I've been kind embroidery. of interested in as well. Yeah. And now I figure, well, I can't go anywhere or do anything. I might as well <laughs> just like buy a bunch of embroidery stuff. And I want to, I want to make something to send to my sister because uh, my sister is a doctor and her life is probably terrible right now. I wouldn't know yeah. because I haven't been able to talk to her. But um, yeah, I just want to I want to make a little thing and send to her. So yeah, that sounds like that's, a good idea. So, yeah, embroidery. That's gonna. We'll, we'll see how long I stick to this. But yeah, we'll, you know. we'll get it. You can give us a report on that for the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll keep you accountable. Uh -huh. um, yeah. All right. Any? I don't know. Anything else to say about this game? It's a good game. I recommend it. Yeah. It's a yeah, pretty it's, game. Yeah, it's a good game. Like, <clears throat> uh, I will admit it was like definitely a bit of a slog for me just because yeah. I am fatigued on these sorts of games. But I, I, I can absolutely recognize that this is really the best of the best that we we have for this sort of thing currently. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so give, it, give it to your it friends out. who like atmospheric spatial puzzles and or your friends who like math. <laughs> Because it's yeah. a very math feeling game. Yeah. Yeah, both that actually. If you're gonna have a backwards E in the title, you should have an upside down A as well. Uh. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Which A? 
Which A would be upside down? The one the, in manifold? The one in manifold. Because oh, it's down. like, yeah. if you do the second, the, the, the E right before the end and the A right before the beginning, then there's a sort of symmetry uh, yeah. to it. There's yeah. only one E, right? Yeah, there's only one E, but there's two A's. Yeah, but yeah, it should be the A that most mirrors the position of the E. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because otherwise, then you'd have two flipped letters in garden and none in manifold. Yep. You gotta get that math syntax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just, just some notes. Just some notes for William here. Yep. God. <laughs> um. I guess. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tangent away from this because I think we're mostly done anyway. Um, yeah. Speaking of like us giving notes to to game devs. Um, like the only the only game dev who ever like responded to us on Twitter uh, is Cosmo D, um, and we released a new game. Yeah, he yeah. he did also release a new game, uh, and also mm -hmm. I there's a there's a like game essayist on YouTube that I really like, um, and of course now I can't remember his name, um, but I'll I'll link this I I've linked this recently in my Twitter. Um, Oh, um, Jacob Geller. I have Twitter Jacob Geller, right yes. now. Um, he did a he did a video about <laughs> graphics and games, and he has a whole huge section on like Cosmo D and his his games, and it's a very good essay. And uh, you know, I there's I have a certain fondness for the weirdness that is the Norwood Suite. So yeah. Um, uh, so the new game is uh, Tales from Off Peak City, which I played. It was in the Humble Bundle uh, or Humble Monthly a couple months ago. Okay. I don't know if you can still get it. Um, it. It was a timed exclusive, so it'll be out elsewhere if it isn't already. But that it was, I played it. It was a lot of fun. Also, just for the sake of rec record keeping, also, okay, so Cosmo D responded to an episode. Uh, Jay Tolan commented on the Hypnospace uh, SoundCloud oh. episode, like on the actual SoundCloud. Oh, yeah, and that's right. He did the, leave a couple comments. Yeah, and the devs for um, War for the Overworld. Corrected oh yes, us corrected us we because thought, we, we, we said the wrong information about their game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think and I think that's it. I just wanted to make sure that we got everybody in there. Yes, so. that's true. Yeah. Thank you for those who like actually listen to our podcast, even if it's only the episode that features your game. In which case only yeah. William Shear will hear this message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Thank you, thank you to those who to listen to more than one episode of our podcast. We appreciate you. Yeah, it's nice, and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing these. So. Yeah, I mean we're having fun. You can't. Yeah, like, you, it's fine if you like if you want yeah. to listen to it. Great. If you don't, we're having fun. We're not stopping. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exactly. And we're uh, so close to a hundred. We can't stop now. Yeah. Uh, what what hang on what number are we on we're, we're, like, close, we're, we're like in the early 90s 95 yeah Ooh, 95. mid 90s okay. officially yeah. damn we're getting there folks it's getting serious now the question is are we going to get to the oh, yeah, 100th episode, episode before my game comes out hmm <laughs> maybe oh, it what is if, the... what if it gets to be the 100th episode special there's a chance that it might <laughs> The thing. Ah! I hope it does. We could just delay the hundredth episode <laughs> until, until um, Winter More PC comes out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's like that. We do have other plans for like a thing we want to do for the hundredth episode, and I kind of still want to do that. So we'll see. Um, yeah. But there is a chance that we could do my game for the hundredth episode. Yeah. Huh. 
Um, but let's talk about or, the game we're doing for yeah. the 96th episode first. Yeah. Yeah. The next game we're going to be playing is Celeste yeah. by Matt Thorson or Matt Makes Games. Yeah. We're, we're a little is... bit behind the zeitgeist on this one. Yeah. That's fine. It's, I have a fun story about Matt Thorson. Oh, yeah. He was actually the one that got me kind of into indie games. Nice. Way, like, way back. With like a little, um, maybe 2004-ish? Dang. With a game called Untitled Story. Okay. And I had no idea who made that game until I tried looking it up. And I found Matt Thorson. And since then, he's gone and become, like, one of the big names in indie games. Nice. So yeah. what you're saying is you liked his games before he was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only only the most hipster cred on our podcast. <laughs> I was I found that game like on like I wanna be the guy like custom game forums. Nice. Oh wow. <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah, so yeah. yeah so we're Celeste... gonna be playing Celeste, which is like uh platformer and yeah, like super it... meat boys stylish i was gonna say it's like a massacre platformer isn't it yeah so we'll we'll see how this goes um i mean I'm it's, not... <laughs> it's fairly easy it like has a long long curve with a lot of like base game and then you have like b side c side and a yeah. lot of extra stuff yeah, and one okay. thing Celeste is well known for, um, and was actually like weirdly for no freaking reason controversial for, uh, is it has a amazing difficulty setting tools. Um, so if you are struggling, you, there's like very fine grained adjustments of like extra skills you can give yourself and stuff um, to help you get through things. And because oh, right. I think because it's intended yeah. as like a massacre difficult game, some people got like really upset that like you could just make it easier for yourself and beat it, um, which is a stupid thing to get upset over. Like you're not the one playing. Why do you care? But I was, had yeah. some issues with like it kind of slow if you want to get into like really challenging stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's not, that has nothing to do with, that's like, the difficulty. menu no. difficulty adjustment tools. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I have, the only other Massacre game I've played uh, was VVVVVV, um, which I never finished. I got towards the end, and then I got to a part that was just so hard I didn't finish it. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how I'll do with this one, and if I'll need to use those tools um, or if the scaffolding will be enough. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, because I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna probably be in the same boat. I don't yeah, have a lot it's... of patience for... <laughs> it's, uh, it's also... Um, uh, like, it was... I think we all just have it because it was free on Epic a while ago, but that probably doesn't help our listeners much because it's that that has that time has passed, so... Um, it is on Game Pass, I think? Hang on. Let me look. Maybe it's not. 
I thought it was. I have seen a lot of speed runs of this game on um, Games Done Quick marathons, but I don't think that's going to help me at all. Yeah. So. Um, because it's, you know, they go through it very, very fast, and they do tricks that are, like, not things a normal person can do. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? There's always got to be But yeah, if you want, this, this is by way of saying that if you want, when you're done playing this with us, uh, there is a TaskBot speedrun uh, that exists that you can see it done perfectly if you want. Damn. I'll have to check that out. So that exists. And then you can, you know, weep over your lack of skills. <laughs> uh, so that'll be in probably around two weeks. Yep. Yep. I will I will try to play any game that's not Animal Crossing, but, well, <laughs> but no I, I was gonna say I'm not I was gonna say no promises, but I mean I got look. I, I gotta do it. So, no. Yep. it's I, I can't possibly spend all of my time playing Animal Crossing. There's only so much Animal Crossing really anyone can play at a time, so. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, yeah. well, we will see cool. you all in two weeks. Until then, um, if you want to contact us, uh, we all have Twitters and things. Yes, hello. You can find my Twitter on Twitter, uh, at Kelso Time Bomb. And also the podcast Twitter at Feedback Force. Yes, and you can find my Twitter at Kyla underscore go. Um, check that out for a link to that uh, article or that essay that includes uh, stuff about Cosmo D. Uh, and you can also find more information about my game, Wintermore Tactics Club, uh, on at Wintermore TC, or I believe it's just wintermoretc.com. Uh, uh, coming late spring early summer probably wishlisted on steam yes please wish yeah, listed on steam. <clears throat> and you can find me on twitter at skug3 all right nice and we will see you in a couple of weeks yeah thanks for listening y'all bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.